Hey, I'm Danny Levy, and you're listening to Digital Transformation and Leadership. This is the show where we go behind the scenes with today's top business leaders to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. This week, I'm joined by Daniel Orr, Vice President for Regional Enterprise Sales and CXO in the Asia-Pacific for Red Hat. Daniel, welcome to Digital Transformation and Leadership. Hey, thanks, uh, Danny. <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I had another Daniel on the show, so <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll have to clarify for the listeners today. But yeah, really, really good to have you have you join us, uh, and also a guest from Singapore today. So same time zone, so that's always good. Get to record in the morning when the house is nice and quiet. <laughs> that's good. So, so Daniel, if if you could, would you be able to to briefly introduce yourself and and what it is you're doing for the listeners? Hi, yeah, that's okay. My name is Daniel Ao. I'm, I'm the uh, regional um, enterprise sales leader for Red Hat <coughs> uh, for Asia Pacific and Japan. Uh, Red Hat, if uh, the listeners do not know, is you know the the, the world's largest uh, open source software company. Um, about two years ago, we were acquired by uh, IBM for thirty four billion dollars. But we are still operating independent uh, from IBM. Uh, we still have our own CEO, and we operate and. And very importantly, um, you know, the, the culture that we have within Red Hat is very much open source and open. Yeah, quite the acquisition from IBM, thirty-four billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Daniel, we're gonna we're gonna get into everything around open source today, which is Red Hat's speciality. But before we do, I, I thought I'd ask you an icebreaker and and something mm-hmm. I, I I've been thinking about a lot during this series, as the listeners all know, is. Is an extra hour in the day. What would you do with a, a 25th hour if you had it? <laughs> wow. Uh, it's nice to have extra hour there. I want to rest more. But I, w- I would say, you know, at the current stage, you know, we're, we're mo- moving a lot back into the office, uh, spending a lot more time in the office and commuting. Probably the extra hour, I will really, I do miss the times when I'm fully working from home where I spend about an hour or so to take taking a walk, mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, you know, thinking through the challenges and, and, and problems following in my mind. And I would say with the extra hour, I'll probably go exercising, yeah. <laughs> take a walk, listen to some podcasts, your podcast, <laughs> and <laughs> also uh, think through the things that are in my mind and how, how, you know, to think clearer, looking more forward around what are things I can help change within the company and within the the teams that I'm managing yeah yeah fantastic I think I'd be be right there with you especially exercising and having a bit of thinking time you can never have yeah. too much of that <laughs> yeah well it's, it's crazy coming back to the office now having to commute mm. and still balancing the back-to-back meetings you know in, in the calendar and uh, not really finding that time to have that quiet walk yeah. in the park yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what do you prefer is it face-to-face meetings that you like or these video meetings I like we were talking earlier before we hit record yeah. I sometimes find the the video meetings can be more tiring yeah I, I, well, in Red Hat we do try to you know almost 90 to 100 percent of the time we turn on our video yeah. during all our meetings it is tiring um, I do prefer the face-to-face yeah. because a lot of time when you do this kind of video uh, you know, working from home, you have to plan for everything. Mm. You don't have that spontaneous interaction yeah. that's so meaningful within the office. And and we do have a very strong uh, office culture in Red Hat. 
and uh, we are encouraging our team members to come back. You know, just last Friday we mm-hmm. had a celebration of National Day, yeah. where we you know got almost everyone back to the office, playing games, nice food, and um, it was interesting to to see a lot of people we've not seen for a long time. Yeah, yeah. What well, we found the same in our company, like especially with the new starters through the pandemic. So when we had everyone yeah. together, it was like, oh, I've only seen you on a screen for twelve months. <laughs> 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 didn't realize you were that tall or not that tall <laughs> exactly right yeah. that's that's the always the, the surprise you get yeah. like oh <laughs> yeah. but yeah i agree with you i mean uh, seeing people in person especially around culture right culture building and and just give, giving yep. people a feel of what the company is and, and what they stand for is, is so important um right. so daniel we're going to talk today all around open source and, and and the power of open source in driving innovation and, and digital transformation and mm-hmm. yeah, really interested to get into this with you. Um, we're on season three. Uh, we've done over 80 episodes. We've never talked about open source as it relates to digital transformation. I'm certainly not an expert in, in, in open source. Um, so to, just to kick us off, it might be, it would be good, I think, if you could, if you could mm. talk us through um, what open source is and, and why it's gaining steam as a, as a digital transformation trend. Yeah, so I think well, even for me as well, Danny. You know, <laughs> uh, I've just joined Red Hat for okay. uh, ten months. Yeah. You know, ten months ago, I know a bit about open source, but until I joined Red Hat or just prior to joining Red Hat, spent a bit more time to understand open source. Mm-hmm. And wow, there's so much that I I did not know firstly, and secondly, you know, open source. If you look at it, you know, probably a, a, a decade or more ago. It was something more in the background that is not mainstream, mm-hmm. but in today's context, open source has become mainstream. And, and how do how, what do you mean by that? The entire internet was is powered by open source, mm-hmm. right? And you know, during the pandemic, you know, of course, uh, it forced millions of people uh, to change the way we live and work, and then we start to work a lot more at home. So the connectivity to the internet and usage of internet mm-hmm. has uh, you know, exploded over uh, the last two years. And even before the pandemic happened, you know, open source started gaining more ground. For example, even Microsoft, right? Microsoft yeah. is, well, they're not an open source company from the start, but they have been you know, embracing open source and now uses open source extensively, you know, working very closely with Red Hat. And what really open source is, you know, if you just using the word, it means that the source code of the software mm-hmm. is open, yeah. right? It's open for anyone to kind of use, to contribute, and to collaborate in. And what's really, really powerful in that is that, you know, uh, it's open. Yeah. So a few things, right? Number one, if you create something, if it's closed source, which is proprietary, mm-hmm. and when you decided not to work on it, you know, the project or whatever uh, you created kind of dies off. But in open source, it talks about longevity, mm-hmm. right? In a sense that if it's, it's uh, deposited in the that GitHub in terms of the source code. So the source code is there and you will always be there and anyone can just pick it up and continue to modify it and improve it. So you see a long-term um, uh, kind of lifetime in terms of whatever you have in open source. Okay. And secondly, in open source, because it's open, it drives and uses um, what we call collaboration of the community. Mm-hmm. Anyone can contribute to it. And you know, in Red Hat, we have this, thing, this saying, and we have one video on, on, uh, in YouTube that says that, hey, your mom is right. You know, sharing is good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, know, w- you know, when we were kids, we were, we were told to share. Yeah. But as we grow older, 
we tend to not want to share because whatever we learn and whatever we have kind of created we want to keep it as an IP mm-hmm. because that's what you know the world has taught us that you need to you have the intellectual property because that's the value yeah. but open source is total counter to that right whatever you have openly share it mm-hmm. because an idea is great in your mind but unless you share it and people uh, kind of, of take your idea and, and you know work on it and make it even better yep. and that's what open source is all about okay. so just give you an example right you know if you do something or anything right you, if you you, you you were able to do like step one to step 100 mm-hmm. if you close source it someone who wants to come into the same do the same project you start from step one again so you see the constant struggle from you know creating the fundamentals and then overcoming the basic obstacles. But in open source and in open kind of culture, you share. Yeah. So now you share the step one to hundred, and someone come along and do hundred to hundred and fifty, and then everyone then works on hundred and fifty and beyond. As you can see, you know it actually builds on innovation and collaboration and leverages you know the community to do it. Okay. Um, give you some stats, for example, you yeah, know please. in. In um, GitHub, for, for example, is one of the areas where open source projects are being driven, mm-hmm. right? So in, in GitHub, there's over a million plus open source project. The repository has over a hundred million over repositories of, um, you know, codes and different kinds of uh, uh, um, kind of uh, innovation and contribution from, from developers. Mm-hmm. And working for on these projects, there are about 40 million developers globally. So, you know, think about it. If you have any project, you put that, you have the ability to leverage that 40 over million developers to help you improve your code. Mm-hmm. And, and involved in this as well, there's over 2 million businesses, companies that are involved and in contributing to open source. So open source very much today is mainstream. And, you know, in digital transformation these days, we talk a lot about cloud. Yeah. The public cloud, you know, um, is 75% of public cloud is powered by Linux, which is open source, okay. right? And, and you know, I think BCG talks about it that by 2024, there will be over 85% of it, right? Okay. So open source is really mainstream and it's an amazing and innovative way of driving uh, change and transformation. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for talking us through that. That was, uh, that was really helpful. Um, are there any industries, Daniel, that kind of stand out in your mind as, as really leading or taking advantage of open source i'm just thinking of things like you know financial yeah. services um yeah. automotive yeah. um what, what industries you know stand out for you as, as really leveraging this to their advantage i think the first industry that we really work with mm. uh is actually the financial services industry yeah. and the financial services industry has gone through a lot a lot of changes over the years and the industry has leveraged open source in many ways to transform in many ways, mm-hmm. you know, to transform the way they bring technology to the market and the way they interact uh, with the customers. At the same time, you know, over the last two years, um, we, we've spent a lot of time in the telco space in helping the t- telecommunication companies and also the network equipment providers leverage open source, you know, to launch uh, 5G calls and 5G uh, virtual mm-hmm. uh, radio access networks. Okay. And uh, more recently, we have we just announced a collaboration with uh, General Motors in the US to create a software-defined vehicle operating system, so that you know the operating system of vehicles can be standardized, and the innovation comes on top of the operating system to build functions and features that really make the vehicle become software-defined. 
right? So, oh, it started in, in financial services, you know, it's extending into telcos, and it's also extending into, I would say, public sector and also manufacturing a lot. Okay. So across the board, but of course, financial services is the most forward-looking yeah. uh, in terms of using open source. Okay. And is it across these different sectors and financial services is it the incumbent players that so i mean within financial services do you see that the traditional banks or the traditional kind of financial asset managers are, le- are using open source or is it more the digital natives that are coming in you know that are a bit newer that that would use it or or is it both i mean how, how does it work yeah it, it is both yeah. you know in a, in that sense you know because when you talk about digital transformation mm-hmm. For the digital natives, it's easy. So, so open yeah. source cloud enable the new startup digital natives to be able to compete with the traditional companies okay. because they do not have those assets and resources. Cloud open source provide them the ability to leapfrog the technology into the area. Okay. But the traditional companies are also transforming themselves. The challenges, of course, with traditional companies is the existing assets that they have, the existing architecture they yeah. have. How do they modernize it? Yeah. DBS, for example, made a major transformation uh, from software and they are, they are one of our largest customers in the region and, and they are fully using the, ex, uh, you know, the full extent of the, the uh, software that we have mm-hmm. in building all the applications. And DBS is definitely a big success uh, case in the region. It was a traditional bank transforming to a you know, a software defined, you can call them a software company mm-hmm. with a banking license. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, they have a big innovation hub internally, don't they, DBS? They're doing all sorts of uh, yeah. cool cool things. Um, do you, Daniel, do you see as well, is open source, is, is it the most advantageous, I guess, when you're working on something with other partners so people can come in and contribute? So if there's a, uh, an ecosystem, say, for example, on a technology pro- project and, and everyone's contributing, is that where you see that open source has the, the biggest impact? Yeah, I think definitely. And when you talk about open source, mm. you know, or open culture as we call it, there are four elements around it. It, it talks about transparency, yeah. right? So our code is open, so everyone can see mm-hmm. it. It's, it talks about inclusiveness. Yeah. How do we include people as part of the community, and the third thing is about collaboration. Okay. And then the last one is about community focus. Not focusing on ourselves, but community. I mean, the community not just you know doesn't. Uh, it's not just about Red Hat. It is about every other partners out there. It could be a hardware vendor. Mm-hmm. It could be a software vendor. Sometimes it could be our competition. You know, yeah. and, and we some of our engineers participate in contributing to the open source projects of our competition as well. Mm-hmm. And and that's all about innovation. Yeah. But on the, the part about ecosystem, and that's where open source is really powerful. You know, think about it, you know, if it's a proprietary so so called operating system. Yeah. If I'm a new hardware maker, I need to get, you know, the proprietary software owner to say, hey, can you build a, a, a device device <laughs> uh, 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 interface yeah. right or, or, or driver for my hardware you need to get it because I don't know how your your kernel works in terms of operating system okay but for Linux and open source it's open yeah so you can build that driver yourself mm-hmm. because you you know exactly how the code is mm-hmm. and how the code base is open for you to use yeah and that really drives the collaboration you know, with a lot of vendors. And if, for example, um, one of the products that we have is automation. Mm-hmm. Automation is called Ansible, right? So Ansible, there are a lot of playbooks that our partners create, like even AWS create that, hey, if you want to use AWS 
assets or cloud assets, mm-hmm. you can just use that playbook and you will you'll be able to you know deploy Ansible easily to leverage the assets of any any company, right? Okay. Could be networking, could be security, and could be even the cloud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it literally drives collaboration. And is it those resources as well? You mentioned that for the digital natives, it's it's clearly easier when they're already born into digital. But for the incumbent players, where they're they've got these legacy systems and they're trying to push forward the digital agenda. Is that where you see yeah. the open source plays the biggest role in supporting their kind of digital transformation journey? Yeah, what's interesting as well, you know, in open source, um, you know, one of our biggest competitors mm. in open source for us okay. in Red Hat is our community version. That means the, right. the so-called upstream version. So if you look at open source, there you have what we call upstream. Okay. So upstream is where where it's like development, so the code is open to everyone. Mm-hmm. So what Red Hat does is take those projects, sometimes multiple projects from upstream, yeah. and then bring it down, stabilize it, you know, uh, stabilize the code, take out the bugs, you know, put in support, put in security, and then we launch it as a product. Okay. So uh, so upstream is kind of free. So for a lot of digital natives and startups, guess what? Mm. They actually were able to leverage the technology that's available in upstream. Okay. So whatever Red Hat does, for example, in terms of where we have new functions and features they want to put into existing enterprise version of those projects, mm-hmm. we will not go into the downstream. We will actually contribute upstream first, which means that those functions and features will be tested with the community upstream, which is free. So what it also means that digital natives and startups could leverage that actually for free mm-hmm. in, at the early stage of uh, building up their company and then leveraging that. But as they start to you know, grow, they can work, of course, with Red Hat and with other companies to, to leverage what is in the downstream. Okay. And that's, that's where you know, the power of uh, uh, helping both the digital native startups and into the mature companies happens for open source. Got it, got it. And I guess we, we've talked quite a bit about you know, big companies in the space. What about kind of mm. small to medium-sized companies? I mean, do, do you see it different for them? Um, are there opportunities for them to use open source platforms to develop proprietary applications? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think uh, well, firstly, you know, the small and medium uh, enterprises, it, it depends on, on the industry that you're yeah. in, right? So uh, if, if you are, you know, in the traditional <laughs> industries, uh, most of them are leveraging um, uh, ISV, independent software vendors, mm-hmm. who have created software using open source to deliver solutions for these SMEs. Okay. At the same time, they you know they are mostly in the cloud, leveraging the ecosystem that's being built around them. Right. At the same time, from Red Hat's perspective, we are we're starting also to to sense you know the market uh, challenges in terms of resources. It's not easy mm-hmm. for a small company to have a lot of engineers. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, they are looking for managed services option in the cloud. So that's where we are collaborating with uh, the likes of Microsoft mm-hmm. and AWS to put in your marketplaces, also managed services of our application platform so that you know the customers can focus on developing the application and not worrying about managing the platform and the infrastructure below. Okay. Right? So that also allows SMEs to kind of leapfrog Right, the ability to create innovation and even application to, to engage their customers at that level. Okay, it frees them up as well and, and, and lets them focus on what they're good at by the sound. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. makes sense. And I guess we've, Daniel, we've talked through all the positives of open source. Are there any downsides? 
<laughs> well, there's always positive yeah. and there's always downside. And, and what I think I won't say there's a lot of downside, okay. but one of the things that people always say is like, "Hey, what about security? Yeah. Right. Since your source code is open, it means that I can, and you know, leverage <laughs> the openness yeah. to get into and create, you know, trojans and stuff like that." I think the answer is yes, but but then on the flip side, because it's open and you have a community of you know forty million developers, mm. uh, you, you, we don't hide things. Okay. Right? If there's issues, you identify it fast, and the community will react on it. You know, including Red Hat, and to to resolve the issues. The problem with proprietary, mm. you may think that hey, you know, because it's proprietary, it's not open to to people to kind of uh, attack, yeah. right, or, or leverage the code. But the thing is, you don't know if, if even if there's a breach, unless the company announces it. Right. You know what I mean. And also, it also depends on the company's own resources to re- to come up with resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that's that's kind of the downside. The other big downside of open source is the speed of change. Yeah. Okay. The speed of change, especially in what we call the community version, which is upstream. Okay. Because it's very much you know, uh, uh, kind of free and community version, there's usually a lot of changes. And that's where Red Hat plays an, a role in this, in taking those projects and then, you know, stabilizing it. And whatever we launch as a product for the enterprise, we ensure there's a minimum 10 years, you know, support lifecycle for that. Yeah. All right. So that, you know, you're not affected by the constant change that's happening, you know, in the open source projects or community versions. Got it, got it. So... F- for people listening to this, Daniel, that that aren't already in the open source um, ecosystem, that aren't already leveraging the technology, where where do you normally recommend people get started, or how do they get started? Well, a few things, right? I think when you talk about open source mm. and when you talk about the topic about digital transformation, okay. So while well, the focus is on technology, and we know you know the three pillars, mm. kind of that that kind of the other foundation for digital transformation or technology is important there's also people and processes yeah. right so when you talk about digital transformation a lot of times it's about technology that drive that change in mindset of what we do mm-hmm. but you know uh, we've seen reports before that you know 70 percent of large scale change programs right do not state you know reach their stated goals mm-hmm. and mostly it's because of uh change management as well as the cultural aspect of things yeah. right so it's it's important while involving in tech you know open source you know technology is important what's also important is to understand when you go through digital transformation how do you leverage even open source or open organization and culture to address you know the cultural uh, angle around things yeah the also what we call the process as well as the technology. Okay. In terms of the culture, as I, I just mentioned to you before, mm. open culture, we have four things, right? Transparency, yeah. inclusiveness, collaborative, as well as community focus. And this this is very, very important. And we have um, also, Red has contributed to what we call um, open management libraries, where we mm-hmm. openly share the best practices of how open source organizations, open organization, can look at projects and organize themselves. Okay. Right. So we we are seeing an uptake of uh you know especially in some countries around what we call open innovation lab. Okay. That's where we come in to talk to customers. They can take a project or a broad based organization transformation to see how can you drive more collaborative, innovative, open cultural changes. 
Because if you don't do that, while you, you can, uh, can adopt the technology, you will not be able to drive the change that you want to have within the organization. Yeah. So today, the big thing about digital transformation processes is about being agile. Yeah. Right? How do you be agile because the world's changing really fast? Mm. So open source you know, uh, uses a lot of agile methodology in software development. But at the same time, what is you know, the agile processes that can help you? For example, the concept of mm. minimum viable everything. Yeah. Right? Don't wait until something is perfect before you launch something. Create a minimum viable software, minimum viable product, mm. minimum viable organization. So you need to think about how do I launch fast yeah. and uh, embrace change as you go along. And the other big concept is also around DevOps. Yeah. How development and operation work you know, very closely together Another concept around CI/CD, constant integration and constant development and, and deployment, right? And that's really important. So, so I think when you talk about open source, you know, look, I think there's a lot that you can learn in terms of open source around uh, culture, yeah. around processes, and also technology, right? So yeah. technology, you know, you want to learn about it, contact Red Hat, <laughs> we, we will help you on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not easy if you are very technical you can just go into github you can contribute and can look at the projects but it's complicated right yeah. if you are not very techni technical savvy yeah, yeah yeah and you mentioned as well daniel a few times around the, the pace of change um yeah and, and that could potentially be one of the downsides you know just to just to try and keep up i guess looking internally to your own organization to, to red hat how do you keep up with the the rate of change to make sure that you're helping your customers in the best possible way because things do move so quickly these days <laughs> wow. yeah you know uh what well, one, one thing is that you know I, I mean i have a massive cultural change when i uh, joined red hat about 10 months ago mm. you know coming uh, from traditional companies uh well I read uh, a book by the CEO, Jim Whitehurst, called Open Organization before I joined. Okay. I thought I was ready <laughs> before I joined the company. But what's amazing about our, our Red Hat as a company is we practice an you know, open culture. We practice the very elements of open source in our day-to-day -day work. Okay. You know, for example, as a leader, you know, I, 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 I don't make the decisions and push it down. I involve you know, the, the, the also listening to our team. When I have idea, I, I call my, my leaders together, even the country down to the frontline leaders to discuss about, hey, I have this idea. How, how do you guys think you will transform the way? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it takes a bit longer to make the decisions. It takes a lot of inclusiveness. But what I get is the buy-in of the team when I want to execute on certain things. Okay. Right. So what's really important for us, you know, and I constantly remind myself that as a leader, within the organization, within our, my organization itself, how can we remain agile? Yeah. The very practices that we talk about in our technology and we tell our customers how to build software applications on, we need to apply it into our own strategy, our own execution of our day-to-day you know, -day, mm -hmm. uh, uh, operations itself. Agile means that, hey, be, be open to changes, be open and, and be very sensitive to the changes in the market and how do you respond to it, yeah. right? For, for example, now, you know, over the horizon, next 12 months, is there going to be an economic downturn? Mm -hmm. You know, our budgets of customers going to be tighter. How do we help the customers then, you know, to, to see, to continue to drive digital transformation with 
the limited budget that they may have yeah. you know moving forward over the next 12 to 18 months so those are the things that we look you know a bit more forward on and to keep the organization agile while while still adopting the open culture of transparency inclusiveness collaboration and very focused on how do we build the, the ecosystem and partnership across the community yeah fantastic yeah. Daniel, can I ask, you mentioned as well around kind of taking those decisions as a group, as a collective and discussing things mm. internally. Um, mm. Do you ever find that, as you said, the rate of change is so fast, sometimes you have to make a quick decision. Do you find that, that, that making decisions in a committee can slow things down or do you, do you find that the, internally you've just got the process so nailed on that it's still, you know, decisions can still be made quickly? I, I think, yes, I think that the question is you need to make quick and fast decisions, mm -hmm. but you need to make the right decision. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, you, you can be very fast, yeah, yeah. which we talk about efficiency, but you can be not effective, yeah. right? I mean, the, the usual example is like, okay, this direction, I'm just going to run as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. But halfway through, you realize, hey, am I going the right direction? Yeah. <laughs> it's a question. It takes longer to reverse right? if you're not. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think it's a balance between effectiveness, and efficiency in terms of speed. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think um, the the speed is will be increased while you have this collective collaboration kind of methodology. If there's huge amount of trust, mm -hmm. right? So you need to build trust within the system. You know, whenever I have an idea, I pick up the phone immediately and talk to one or two of my leaders in the country. Yeah. Hey, I got this idea, right? And what do you think about it? You know. Uh, rather than uh, and me just making a decision, okay, this is a great idea, I'm going to execute it. Halfway through it, you get pushed back by the team. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, this doesn't work in Japan, this doesn't work in Korea, this doesn't work in Australia mm -hmm. due to certain things. And and that is what we also need to be very mindful of, especially in Asia Pacific and Japan, yeah. because of the diversity that we have, yeah. you know, the differences of maturity of uh, the society, the culture, and also the adoption of technology, right? So it's very, very different across different countries. Yes. Yeah. Which is why when people say the Asia market, <laughs> think again. It's uh, it's very different country to country. It's a it's a big it's a big region. Um, so Daniel, what's what's next? Do you think for open source for cloud based software solutions? What what's next on the horizon? I think if you if you look at it uh, from a technology viewpoint, mm. I think two two big trends in the horizon, right around. AIML, yeah. how, how that's being leveraged in open source communities to do a lot of innovation in that area. And the other big innovation in technology is around how do you extend into the edge. Yeah. Today, a, a lot of things are still done you know, in the data center and which still a lot will be done in, in the future. But the question is how do we push it out into the edge, you know, where the data is, where it's closer to the activities of the customers. Yeah. I think from a technology viewpoint, those two are moving to the future and open source is doing a lot of contribution in, you know, in innovation in those two areas. Okay. From, from a customer perspective and from an adoption perspective, I think the adoption of some of these innovative technologies, innovative way of open culture, open thinking, is, is still in early stages, you know, and I think a lot of uh, senior technology leaders talk about, you know, every company will become a software company mm. <laughs> into the future. Yeah. And uh, I remember 20, in 2011, I was still in traditional company, Mark Anderson, okay. uh, who sits in, on the board of my ex-company, says that, you know, software will eat the world, yeah. right? He, he made that say software will eat the world. And I, I truly believe in that, that software is changing the world. 
but yet uh, we are still burdened by a lot of uh, a lot of companies are burdened by, by what they already have mm. the digital native the new startups they are more free to innovate and uh, the, the question is unless we help everyone to transform I think it's important to keep in pace you know the transformation across the board and, and that's going to be the exciting thing that's going to happen over the next 12 to 18 months of how you know large governments you know traditional companies relook really at how they want to transform because the technology is there for them yeah the processes are av- available and what's great about and also of course the culture and expect of that and what's great about it is that it's open mm-hmm. you know and it's available uh, we don't keep it to ourselves uh, it's out there, uh, the information are, are all out there and we are here to help curate and help you, you know, um, really navigate what makes sense for you, right? And how do you adopt some of these open practices, both in culture, process and technology to help the customers transform. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, re- really, really couldn't agree more, Daniel. Well said. Um, yeah, when you look at the, the most valuable companies now, they're all tech companies. Wasn't the case. <laughs> Just a few years ago, was it? Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. You know, I mean, I'm glad I made the right choice to be in tech. There you go. I'm still disappointed I didn't buy Alphabet shares back in the day. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and just more broadly, Daniel, when you look across the technology sphere in general, what well, is is there a particular technology? Um, either already in market or coming to market that just kind of is front of mind for you? You think that wow, you know that that's going to have a big potential in the coming years. Wow, this that's a <laughs> tough question. Yeah, you know, well, I, I mean, open source. I tend to want to talk about open source. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, what's you know in, in the horizon, uh, the big thing that's in everyone's mind mm. is really uh, Web three point zero. Yeah, All right. How do we really uh, try to bring? secure transactions into internet mm-hmm. and the, the internet was built up with openness with no rules but as the internet becomes mainstream and the platform that we leverage is on you know um, you know web 3.0 blockchain technologies and those area mm. that's going to you know set the stage yeah. into the future of what we call metaverse yes. right well web 3.0 needs to come in place first and I think, think we are very glad that you know uh, open source has a big role to play on that. Yeah. And uh, I think we are very excited about that. I think the, the second one I would say is really around the edge. Okay. How do you uh, really go into the edge? Okay. So we have announced the announcement with uh, General Motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also announced an announcement with uh, ABB in the control systems. How now you, we we build what we call uh, even our Linux operating system in small form forms yeah. into the edge. And then we've also our application platform, you know, into the edge. We call it MicroShift, which is still an upstream project. Okay. What it allows is that it allows people now to build application and deploy into the edge where there are thousands of devices. Right. And this application could be controlled, managed, scale, you know, and deploy the consistency in a way, and they will be interacting with the real world objects and items. And when once that happens. The things that we can do around AI and ML will explode, right? Yeah, I think those are the two big trends, you know, um, that I'm excited about. Fantastic. Yeah, re- really interesting. Uh, when you've got that many applications, the possibilities are much more endless, aren't they? And 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 metaverse. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the Ready Player One 
reality yeah. where none of us leave our homes for good. It'd be, uh, it'd be interesting how that plays out. I saw Nike this week have got a, a store now in the metaverse and they're selling um, clothing as NFTs. So apparently it's going fairly well. So it's, it's a, such an interesting space, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of experimentation yeah. at the moment, which is exciting. Uh, but I think the platform's not ready yet. No. So uh, it's good, <laughs> but I think it, it's good to always experiment. Yeah. And, and it, I think it, it's scary, but exciting, I would say. <laughs> yes, yes. Change always is though, isn't it? Um, yeah. Daniel, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Just before I let you go, um, would you be able to share one life or career lesson with the listeners? Well, I think one career lesson probably, you know, uh, when I first started, to be in sales in 1997, mm-hmm. uh, one, you know, I'll call it, he's, he, he didn't call himself a mentor at that time, but one of my senior told me, you know, Daniel, and I was, I started sales in 1997 okay. in, in tech, and it's, he's, he told me, hey, Daniel, when you're 10 years in sales, mm-hmm. make sure you have 10 years of experience. I said, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And after 10 years in sales, I'll be having 10 years experience, but no, you know, some people, you know, after 10 years in sales, they only have one year experience because they stop, le- they stop learning after one year. Yeah. I think what's important as leaders, even for myself, I spent you know, 30 over years in the industry, I continue to learn, I continue to explore and learn from my, my team, learn from others like yourself, you know, mm-hmm. learning from podcasts, you know, from, from people sharing their ideas. And I think that's the amazing thing um, about open source, I mean, about open sharing, because that's what you get when you learn from everyone else in the world. Yeah, so, and don't stop learning, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Love it. Fantastic. Completely agree. Daniel, how can people get in touch if they want to find out more from you? Well, you, you can <laughs> contact me at daw at redhead.com or you, you can just, uh, you know, go to the website, look at redhead at, you know, um, and then you can connect with me on over LinkedIn. I'll be able to respond and then point you to the kind of things that you want to learn about open source and about Red Hat or anything about, you know, innovation and transformation as well. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, if you want to learn more about open source, Daniel and the Red Hat team are where you need to go. Daniel, I've really enjoyed the conversation t- today. Thank you so much for coming on Digital Transformation and Leadership and, and sharing all your experience and insights with the listeners. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. It's my pleasure. <laughs> made it to the end of another episode of digital transformation and leadership if you're enjoying the show please do leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts no need to leave a written review just clicking on the five stars is enough i'd really appreciate it as it helps the show get found and it helps those listener numbers grow and we'll be back again next week when we will again go behind the scenes with another top business leader to understand how they're digitally transforming their company Digital Transformation and Leadership Podcast is a Blue Aurora Media Production.